the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. It's always a pleasure to bring on independent journalist Jack Windsor. Jack is with The Ohio Press Network. You can find them online at theohiopressnetwork.com. Got to include that word, the, in there, theohiopressnetwork.com. Because you guys know I put my uh, career into uh, journalism for uh, newspaper journalism for 25 years. I believe in the purpose of the media. The media is no longer what it used to be and no longer serves the purpose that it's supposed to serve. But Jack Windsor and the Ohio Press Network are among the few who still do. And uh, that's an independent press, one that holds people accountable, one that reports not from a partisan perspective, but an even-handed perspective. So it's always great to have Jack on. He distinguished himself, I think, in most people's minds with the questions that did not follow the sheep and the herd during the early stages of COVID, and he's continued to do that. So I encourage you to continue to read him and his colleagues at theohiopressnetwork.com. Jack, great to have you on today. We've got a whole bunch of stuff going on in the state, including what I think is not really that sexy of a topic, not that exciting of a topic with the redistricting, but it's a very consequential topic because I think the Democrats are, everybody's trying to protect as much as they can and they're objecting, a lot of Democrats, a lot of liberal organizations, to the fact that they think the Republicans are trying to game the system on redistricting. Can you tell us where we stand with redistricting and whether you think what the Republicans have done so far is what the Democrats are accusing them of? Yeah, you know, there's a lot going on. And to try to make it really simple, because it can get complex fast, and, and um, at least for me, you know, my head spins after a while. So there, there are a couple of sets of maps. The first is what I would call the state state legislative maps. So those are the maps that carve out the districts for the 99 Ohio House seats and then the 33 Ohio Senate seats. So that's one set of maps. And then you have what are called the uh, congressional maps. And those maps, of course, um, carve out the sections for our congressional representatives in Washington, D.C. Now, Ohio lost a seat this year because of the, you know, the census data came back. And so instead of 16 seats, we now have 15. Where we're at, the state legislative maps were passed along party lines by the Ohio Redistricting Commission, and uh, those maps were then uh, contested in court. Uh, the cases made their way to the Supreme Court, of course, um, and the Supreme Court came back and said, nope, uh, by a four to three, pretty hotly contested decision. The Ohio Supreme Court said that uh, the maps gave favor to the Republicans over the Democrats. Okay. Well, congressional maps. You think they okay, are fixing ahead. it? You think they are fixing it? Or, you know, I mean, I look at it like we've got major metropolitan areas where a lot of the Democratic mm-hmm. voters are concentrated, and you can't give them, you know, <laughs> can't give them two thirds of the seats. Sorry, the right. state votes Republican. And also, like, you know, the old Obama line elections have consequences, right? I mean, we've won the last two presidential elections. Republicans have in the state of Ohio. Uh, I would say me. I shouldn't say we, because you know you're you don't have a political affiliation here. But I'm just saying, like I, this is kind of the cost of an election, isn't it? You know, it it really is. Um, 
And so, and that's why I think the Supreme Court said this this fifty four forty six thing, right? Um, because you know, for, it, that's about eight percent. And when you look at what Donald Trump won Ohio by, that's that's the margin. Now, it depends on where you are in the state, though. I mean, if you go out to to Western Ohio, good luck pulling Democrats out there. Yeah, I mean, it's just red meat country. So, you know, to your point, sometimes it is hard, you know, to make it look fair and to stay compact and so on and so forth. But um, you know, the commission gave it a crack and. The Ohio Supreme Court then, um, they, they gave uh, the opposing parties in the lawsuits until the 25th, which was just two days ago, uh, to basically reply to what the commission did. They did, and then uh, tomorrow by noon, um, they're going to stop uh, gathering information. And I expect that's a signal that the Supreme Court, at least on these statewide um, district maps, will come back and, and say, hey, these maps that have passed are constitutional or they're not. I think we'll know something tomorrow. Now, the congressional maps, the folks we send to Washington, D.C., um, those are rejected January 14th, and uh, the, the, the um, General Assembly had 30 days to fix those. So they have until about uh, Valentine's Day. If they can't do it, then the maps go back to the redistricting commission. They get another 30 days, and then you go, well, wait a minute. Isn't there a February 2nd deadline? There mm-hmm. is. And so that's the problem with the statewide maps. Even if the Supreme Court says tomorrow, hey, the House and Senate districts in Ohio are good, then that gives, you know, uh, candidates five days. Now, if looking at the congressional maps, those those dates have actually been moved back to March. So they have a little bit more leeway to March 4th. Um, but the problem is there's a squeeze now. There's a time squeeze. People want to know, well, what does my district look like and what's it comprised of? Yeah, it's it's very confusing, but it, it is in the weeds, but it is very consequential, and it's uh, hard to make people pay attention to it. And I'm not really sure the average everyday Joe's paying attention to it means anything, but we'll see how it sorts out and see where we progress. Ohio is tilted Republican. I think it will stay Republican, and we have a lot of uh, really interesting Republican races. What's your bead on the uh, GOP Senate race with the six main candidates chasing the nomination for the seat currently held by Rob Portman. You know, we hear polling, but every time I see polling, it's polling from individual campaigns. And I'm not saying that they're lying. I'm just saying that, okay, well, if they got a bad poll, I'm not sure they'd go and make headlines with it. Yeah, that's a great point. So, you know, the one thing I want to say is I I really, I don't know if a lot of people know this. I've had a really unique opportunity um, through the Ohio Press Network. We hosted four U.S. uh, Senate GOP candidate forums. And I was, I've been able to, to sit with and meet a lot of these candidates. So, um, you know, you have, uh, let's see, Matt Dolan, uh, Mike Gibbons, uh, Josh Mandel, Bernie Moreno, Mark Paquita, Jane Timken, and uh, J.D. Vance right. on the GOP side. And, um, you know, the race is really interesting. So there, there are two phases to this. This is the primary. And so I think what you're going to see is people are going to go with what they think is going to win them the primary. And what will be interesting is to see whoever wins the primary, are they campaigning the same way in the general? And it's probably not going to be the case. A lot of these folks are really trying hard to tie themselves to Donald Trump because they realize that um, the Republican Party has has gone more conservative. If you were to ask me my opinion, and I'm I'm hesitant to talk about opinion, um, but if you were to ask me my opinion, I think it's a three-person race right now. Um, to your point about these polls, there has been one independent poll done, but regardless of whether it was independent or internal, Josh Mandel leads in all of them. And so um, he, you know, he's got to be the front runner at this point. 
Um, and then I think I think one of the dark horses is actually Mike Gibbons, a Cleveland area businessman. And then I would have J.D. Vance up there simply because of his national uh, notoriety and then, you know, the huge financial backing he has from some big tech moguls. Um, so those are the top three, in my opinion. Um, and, and right now, I think Josh Mandel's in the lead. Yeah, and Josh is, you know, red meat of red meat. I mean, he's uh, he's Trumpier than Trump, I think, uh, at times. And, <laughs> and that, you know, will, I think, help him in the primary, like you say. And then uh, I don't. the one thing, he can't back away from a lot of the stuff he said, including in our leadership forum. He said flat out the election was stolen. So uh, yeah. the Dems will come at him hard, but uh, we'll see if, uh, if he wins the nomination. We'll see if he holds up. And I know that uh, I would characterize that race as pretty wide open still at this point in time. We'll see how it goes. Our guest is Jack Windsor. He's with TheOhioPressNetwork.com. TheOhioPressNetwork.com. And uh, Jack, has, uh, Jack has been kind enough to hold with us through the break. And we'll get to the latest polls about Jim Renacy and Mike DeWine. And a really alarming situation going on in Lebanon, Ohio, uh, when the Bruce Hooley Show continues. Bruce Hooley Show on The Answer. You can take us with you wherever you go. iHeartTuneInRadio.com app. Download our app. Search 989FM The Answer in the iTunes and Google Play Store. Uh, we always enjoy our conversations with Jack Windsor of TheOhioPressNetwork.com. And Jack is uh, holding with us through the break. We've talked about the GOP Senate race in Ohio. We've talked about redistricting. Uh, let's stick in the political arena here for a second, Jack. And uh, the Jim Renacci, Mike DeWine, Joe Blystone race for the Republican governor in the primary, uh, Renacy polling says he's like eight points up on DeWine. DeWine just had the big intel announcement, so he's going to you know use that, and he is using that in ads. Uh, so, and Blystone is the guy who you see a lot of Blystone signs out in the rural areas. So, again, I'm not saying Renacy's polling is not accurate or they're lying about it, but there are ways to go to certain areas and poll people where you think, ah, I'll probably do pretty well right there. So what do you make of the Renese polling, the headlines that Renese has this uh, supposedly comfortable lead on Mike DeWine, and they didn't even put Blystone in the poll? Yeah, so I think that's one of the detractors, right? And, and a lot of folks immediately raised that red flag. Hey, Joe Blystone's been campaigning for you know the better part of a year and a half now, and he does have signs everywhere. He has a strong social media presence um, and a very vocal, you know, I don't know how big the, the pack is that follows him, uh, but it's vocal. And, uh, and, you know, they're not shy. So, you know, that is one red flag that was raised. I don't know. Is Jim Renacci's lead comfortable? I don't know if it's comfortable. I do believe he has a lead. Here's the challenge, though. You're facing Mike DeWine. Mike DeWine was first elected the year I was born, <laughs> 1976. Um, his name recognition. And that's the, I'm going to highlight one part of the poll that stands out to me. Uh, you know, I believe it, they surveyed 800 uh, potential Republican primary voters. Mike DeWine, there, 1% of the people polled have never heard of him. So his name recognition is magnificent. And at this point, it probably is what it is, if you know what I'm saying. Um, and then 3% had no opinion. So when you look at him, his, his total uh, favorable, uh, you know, people have favorable opinion of him is 44. His unfavorable is 52. That's massive. And for me, I look at it and I go, well, Renacy's total favorable is only 40, but his unfavorable is 18. No thinking of him is 23 and never heard of him is 19. So, I mean, you have almost 42% people don't have an opinion or they've never heard of him. That's a lot. 
compared to Mike DeWine, you know, 4% either have never heard of him or have no opinion. So if he does have an eight-point lead or a six-point lead or a 10-point lead, whatever it is, um, to me, that puts Renacy in the driver's seat head-to-head against DeWine. I'll pause there because I think he hit the point earlier, and maybe you want to talk about this, but this race isn't head-to-head. And that is the really wonky part of this 22 gubernatorial race. There are other people involved. Yeah, no doubt. Jack Windsor, theohiopressnetwork.com is our guest. And I just think, you know, I, I will commend Jim Renacy. When I had him on the show, I said, is, does Joe Blystone's presence in the race hurt you? And, you know, typically the politician would duck that. But he didn't. He said, yeah, it hurts me. Because Blystone's going to take votes away from Renacy because Blystone's going to resonate with people who really don't like DeWine. And we're talking about Western Ohio, rural Ohio. They are up to here with wearing masks and mask mandates, and they will never get the picture out of their mind of Mike DeWine standing there and being deferential to Amy Acton. And so those are the people that are going to vote for Blystone. That takes away a big chunk of Renacy voters. And I've said before, and I wonder if you agree, Mike DeWine's hardest race here is the primary. It's uh, not the general. It's the primary. He'll win the general if he gets to it, but I'm not sure he gets to it. Yeah, I think the, I think the primary is a dogfight for him. I, I want to hit the back end of what you said about a general election. I might I, I might have a different opinion there, but we, we can talk about that. Um, but, you know, there are a couple of factors here, and one of them actually relates to this whole this, – uh, these, these maps, right? So one of the issues right now, because – Ohio doesn't have congressional or statewide legislative maps approved. We have these looming deadlines. Well, what's going on is that lawmakers and the Secretary of State and other people are talking and going, well, maybe we need to move these deadlines back, right? The deadlines by which candidates have to supply paperwork and signatures. And there's actually a bill on the Ohio House floor today, 544, that would actually move the primary election. Um, and uh, gosh, i got to remember the date. Give me just a second here. It would move it to uh, June 7th. So just put that in the back of your mind. And then remember, you've got Joe Blystone. There's also a rumor that former state rep Candace Keller and former state rep Ron Hood are going to get into the race. So to Renacy's point, does Blystone have all the signatures and all of his ducks in a row? I don't know. But moving the deadline forward sure would give him time. And if, if moving the deadline forward is more attractive to Candace Keller and Ron Hood, now all of a sudden, You have more people in the race. And so I think moving these deadlines forward actually helps Mike DeWine. And a lax set of filing requirements helps Mike DeWine. Interesting. Jack Windsor, theohiopressnetwork.com, is our guest. And uh, one of the places that you can read about stories you don't read about everywhere else is theohiopressnetwork.com. And one of those stories, uh, regrettably, is taking place in Lebanon, Ohio. And I was like, you can't be serious about this. But, of course, it's, uh, you know, 2022, so of course they're serious. Uh, The school there is being, I guess, forced by equal opportunity laws or whatever to make room in the school for the after-school satanic club, which is, uh, you know, a response to get at Lebanon, Ohio, being a sanctuary city for the pro-life movement. Uh, you guys have reported extensively on this. Uh, give us where this thing stands, and uh, is this something that uh, is going to happen? So the quick answer is yes, it's going to happen. Um, the After School Satan Club, which is sponsored by the Satanic Temple, applied for uh, space, to rent space, in Lebanon, Ohio, at one of their elementary schools. Now, it wasn't a coincidence, Bruce. The reason that they're doing this is uh, there's another group called the Good News Club, and they also operate there. Now, the Good News Club, as you 
imagine, good news, they, they teach the gospel, they mm-hmm. spend time with kids at these after-school clubs. Well, the uh, after-school Satan Club was developed to combat this. Uh, and so they point to a Supreme Court decision that actually involved the good news clubs and gave them the opportunity to go into schools and um, and create clubs. So, you know, Lebanon is in that position where if they say, hey, um, after-school Satan Club, you can't be here, then they have to turn to the Good News Club and say, you also cannot be here. Um, so that's the issue for them. That is the legal bind that they're in. And uh, my understanding is that this club um, has three or four dates. I think there's one in January, one in February, one in March, one in April, and then I guess one in May. So there's there's four there. Um, and, and they're going to they're gonna host these after-school clubs where uh, you know, they have some alluring things that they talk about, right? Teaching science, you know, teaching respect, all of these things is, is how they pitch it, but it's sponsored by the Satanic Temple. Wow. Well, uh, it's, you know, it's a reflection of where we are culturally that this kind of, uh, this kind of evil could uh, flourish. Um, so that's, uh, but that's where we are. And, uh, you know, we can pray, we can uh we can shine the light on it. That's what we're called to do, and that's what you guys do in all things at theohiopressnetwork.com. Jack Windsor, thanks so much for your time today. Jack, great to have you on. I appreciate it, and thanks for what you do. Bruce, it's always an honor. God bless you, and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon. The After School Satanic Club. And there will be parents and guardians who will put their kids in this club. And they say, we don't, we don't worship Satan. And you just have his name on your club. I mean... Wow. But, hey, higher education, folks. Higher education. Now, I began the show by talking about Biden's pick of a black woman. That's his uh, restricted field of candidates for the Supreme Court. And I talked about the left's obsession with race. Columbus Library stink now about integrating African-American authors' books, African-American fiction, in with other books. So now, if you're keeping track, January 27th, 2022... Integration is bad. Eventually, this always comes back to bite the left and the inconsistency of their positions and the ludicrous nature of their positions becomes clear. Never more demonstrable than with the case of the wacky liberal site Deadspin. Deadspin over the weekend published an article warning teams of the National Football League that they better not hire a guy by the name of Mike McDaniel. Now, Mike McDaniels, the offensive coordinator, San Francisco 49ers. 49ers are in the NFC Championship game. Typically, the guys who are the top assistants on those teams are interviewed for jobs. But Mike McDaniel, according to Deadspin, should not be hired. They say, quote, please stop and think before you inadvertently dub another young white guy as the next hot NFL coaching prospect. So Mike McDaniel was unacceptable to Deadspin as a hot NFL coaching prospect because he is a Young white guy. Except he's not. A Deadspin later found out Mike McDaniel is biracial. Uh, The correction said this. We learned after publication of this article that 49ers offensive coordinator Mike McDaniel, whom we describe as a white guy, is in fact biracial. We regret the error. (laughs) Oh, Deadspin. Yeah. No. You be you. And your lunacy is uh, apparent to all. Speaking of lunacy, more on COVID lockdowns next on The Bruce Hooley Show. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.